thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. Thank you, Kira, for reading our scripture. Last week, as we left the Israelites, they are being led out of Egypt in a visible display of God's presence with them, following a cloud of fire into the wilderness. This week, as we join the story, Pharaoh has completely changed his mind. He has geared up the entire Egyptian army to chase after them and bring them back to the land of Egypt. And the Israelites now find themselves in between this oncoming army and the sea. Clearly, as they've stepped out to follow God on a new journey, as they've trusted him as journey leader, things appear to have got harder. So the next step on our journey points is this. The next biblical principle is this. Sometimes when you step out into the things of God, into a new journey, you can expect some opposition. And that's because the enemy of God doesn't want you anywhere near him. He doesn't want you walking step by step in line with him on your journey and achieving the calling that God's put on your life here on earth. Your journey, your life journey, your journey out of this pandemic, your journey to emerging brighter, that journey that we're all on from where we are now to where God's calling us to be has been designed completely by God. You have been seen and knitted together in your mother's womb before you were even born. If you've said yes to Jesus, you have the power of the risen Christ living in you. And that means that you are far too precious, far too powerful for the enemy to let you go on your new journey with God unhindered. So often what we see is that as soon as we step out, as soon as we take a faith step to where we believe that God's leading us, we can face opposition. Things can try and catch us out and take us off course, increase our anxieties, distract us, riddle us with fear, make us disillusioned, make us doubt the goodness of who God is, grow a cynical heart in us. And we've all been there. Some of us are in the middle of this right now, whether we're conscious of it or not. Just imagine that you're in that mass group of people, that you're in the Israelites camp right now. And you can see the Egyptians coming at you. You know you can't cross the sea. You know you haven't got chariots and spears and soldiers and all of that. You can see them coming at you. Surely that's a time for anxiety and fear and panic and I wish we'd never left and I don't trust who God is anymore and why has God led us here if all this is going to happen? Surely that's a time when you would start to Doubt God out of panic, make your own journey, think that you could do a journey better. Start to despise God, start to despise the journey. But no, Moses, who knows God intimately and knows what he's like, who knows his goodness, says this, 
Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Wow, come on God. Come and fight for us when we step out into our new journeys, into the individual paths that you're leading us on. This is about you and God and where he's leading you. This is about us as a church and where he's leading us. If you're on his path, if you've been brave enough to step out to where he's leading, be still and know the Lord will fight for you. If it feels harder, you need only to be still. So point one, opposition might come, but stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. And boy, does he fight for the Israelites. He parts the sea in this miraculous way. They escape unscathed and yet the Egyptians do not. He delivers them completely to safety. You know, as a leadership team, we are so blessed that this church doesn't have a spirit of complaining or grumbling, like seriously, so blessed. But I think I can safely say, myself included, that all of us will have had moments where we've complained through life. I know I certainly have when I found things really hard. And when you carry on reading the journey of the Israelites, you see from Exodus all the way through to Deuteronomy, they get into this loop of like praising God and then complaining and doing something wrong and praising God and then doing something wrong and complaining. And it's just this loop of a real complaining spirit. You know, God provides food for them in the wilderness. He literally makes bread rain down from heaven every single day that they're there so that they have food. But even that starts to wear thin for them. In Numbers 11, it says this. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna, this bread from heaven. And you know, on the one hand, it is totally understandable, isn't it? Man, I love a leek. Can I just say that? If you know me well enough, you know that I love a leek. <laughs> They've been in the desert for so long with the same food. Some of this grumbling and complaining is understandable. But on the other hand, before they were in a land that had them as slaves and for seven days a week they were in slave labour and they really cried out to God to deliver them. So what can we learn? And I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it's in the posture of the Israelites' hearts. I wonder if they'd have come to God with thankful and humble hearts, if they'd remembered the bigger picture of what he'd done for them and where he was leading them and then presented a request about food. I wonder then if he would have been happy to provide something different for them. But instead they complain 
and they whinge against him and they allow their hearts to be turned. And if we're not careful, there's something in our human nature, isn't there, that when things get really hard, we're pitted against God. We start to think that we could do a better job of being a journey leader. And if we're not careful, we start to complain and doubt and get cynical. Humility and thankfulness seem to leave us so easily when things get hard. The more the Israelites complain, the more their eyes and hearts turn away from God and they start to look for other things. They start to think that they could do a better job of leading the journey. They start to worship and make idols that replace God and really dishonour them, dishonour him. And don't forget that they've just come through a parted sea. They're still being led by a pillar of cloud and smoke. They've had the 10 plagues in Egypt and yet their hearts are still turned. We can so easily start to take our eyes off God and where he's leading when things get hard. We can start to look for other paths other than the one that God's laid out for us. It can take our focus from where God wants us to be. It can start to turn our hearts. We can start to allow ourselves to consider a different path. So how do we do this well? It's really hard, isn't it, to hold on to humility and thankfulness when things are hard. What if the journey out of the pandemic is already feeling harder for us than where we were before? What if where God's leading us to isn't going to be smooth sailing? Remember who he is. Remember what he's done. Remember the bigger picture of what he's done in your life and be thankful. With a humble heart, present your requests to God. In Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So our next journey step, our next biblical principle is this. Don't let a spirit of complaining enable you to lose sight of the bigger picture of where God is leading you on this journey. Our final point, be strong and courageous. Don't let fear stop you stepping into what God has for you. When the Israelites finally get to the land that God has promised them for all these years, the land that he's led them to, they decide to send 12 spies into that land to live in there for 40 days and then bring a report back. And when they bring the report back, they tell them of this civilization that looks different to them, acts differently to them, worships other God than them, has strong warriors, all that kind of stuff. And they are so overwhelmed with fear that they don't want to go into the land that God has prepared for them. In Numbers 14, it says this, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. The whole congregation said to the spies, 
Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Isn't it crazy just how much fear and anxiety can rob us of the new things that God has in store for us? And some of us have been crying out for years for a fresh move of his spirit, for him to do something radically new in this land, for him to break through in our lives and for us to see him in ways that we haven't seen before. And now as we're being called to something new, to emerge brighter out of COVID, to something that looks different, anxiety and apprehension will be normal for all of us here in some ways. We've never journeyed this pandemic before, but don't let anxiety and fear be the reason that you don't step into the new thing that God is calling you to do. Don't miss where God wants to lead you as an individual and your family. 12 spies went into the land that God had led them, but only two came back filled with faith. The other 10 were riddled with fear and wanted to go back to Egypt. Joshua was one of the spies that was filled with faith. He remembered the awesome, trustworthy character of God. And in the end, he is the man that God appoints as leader after Moses to lead this people across into the new land. In Joshua chapter one, God says this, and some of us really need to hear this this morning, where we're at on our part of the journey. Joshua chapter one, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to it from the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law written and in your hearts always. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We still don't really have any clue, do we, what things are going to look like this time next year. But we do know that God loves you, that he wants to be on this journey with you, that his heart is to be an awesome journey leader for you. Do not be afraid of the future. Be strong and courageous to go where he's leading you. Walk in line with the Father and he will be with you wherever you go. So let's remind ourselves of the six principles that we've covered over these last two weeks. And then I want to pray for us as a church. One, God hears our cry and remembers what he's spoken over our lives. Two, God provides all that we need for our journeys. Three, God watches over every single step that we take. Four, opposition might come, but stand firm. Five, don't let complaining 
be the reason that you lose sight of where God is leading you. Six, don't be afraid of the future. Be strong and courageous for what's coming next. Last week after live church, I asked God how it went. You know, God, did I say everything right? Like, was it okay? Did I get across what you wanted me to bring? And I felt him say, yeah, it was okay. But do my people trust me? Do they really trust me? Are they going to go on this journey with me? And my answer was, I don't know. And there's zero condemnation in that because my I don't know is based on the reality that we're living in a pandemic and we simply haven't met as a full church for so long. So let's just rest there a minute before we pray. Do you trust God? Like, do you really trust him? Because he loves you. And he wants to go on this journey with you. Do you love him? Do you really trust him enough? You know, we absolutely come alive when we step into, when we release ourselves to fully trust God with our whole hearts. You know, we're not going to get that same level of peace and security from anywhere else, that same level of joy or hope for the future from anywhere else. Nothing on social media and the chat that happens on there. Nothing in politics. Nothing in putting our trust in other people or our current culture or in some ways some of the previous structures that have held us up in the past. God is calling us into the new Do you trust him enough to go where he's leading you, even if you don't know exactly what that's going to look like? You know, as a group of Jesus followers in this country, we are the remnant, aren't we? We're we're what's left of God's people. And don't we want to be a group of people so radical in how we rely on the Father, how we trust in him, how we trust his goodness and just let that filter into every single decision that we make. As we were praying as a leadership team, I think that this was some time in January, I had this picture of the six of us and um, I think I've shared before, quite often I get this picture of this new landscape that we're stepping into and it's like this big plane. And I had that picture of that landscape again. And all six of us were kind of moving across this landscape in different directions, I guess for the different oversight areas that we have. We were moving into this landscape in our different directions, but each of us kept coming back to this one line, I guess, this one constant, the unity of vision of where God's leading us, and that line advances the whole time. Are you ready to advance with where God is leading you? Are you going to keep coming back to that one thing, that one place he's asking you to step out? Are you going to go with him? So let's pray and I encourage you to let the Spirit lead and prompt you in these pointers, whichever things stand out to you. Father, we need your help with this so much. 
But God, we want to be a group of individuals. We want to be a church that is on fire for you, God, and on fire for where you're leading us. Father, would you increase our trust in you right now in Jesus' name? Would you help us to step out into where you're leading? God, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you have the best plans for us, the best journey for us. God, do a deeper heart work in each of us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day.